Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. No matter what way you dice it up, Rory McIlroy's victory in the FedEx Cup last night was fairly bloody impressive. Starting the day, six shots off the lead before reeling in the world's number one golfer. That's good going. Starting the tournament, six shots off the lead. Then beginning the first round with a triple bogey and a bogey <laughs> to stretch the deficit to ten shots before he finally got himself together and played his way into the tournament. That's good going. And then getting it done on the closing holes despite a couple of serious wobbles. Well, it wouldn't be Rory McIlroy if there wasn't a little bit of drama involved right to the end. Welcome to Monday's second captain's podcast. Hi, Murph. I can. Hey, Owen. How's oh, it going? How are you doing? What an amazing evening of, for the great game of golf last night. It was. Wow. Well, for one tour in particular, Murph. We'll get to that. <laughs> we don't want. We don't want anyone. You know, nobody else can bask in the reflected no, glory of this big money PGA Tour event. There was a moment in the back nine yesterday when I thought we were going to be sitting here having another one of those. Can you be critical of McElroy after coming so close to a remarkable come from behind victory only to throw it away at the end? It was on the 14th hole when he played a perfect tee shot, pushed a second shot into some rough on the right hand side, then duffed the chip and sank to his knees in horror. It's like, no, Rory, Rory, it's okay. I mean, you're the guy you're playing against is dropping shots left, right and centre, or at least was mm. earlier in the round. You're the guy on form. You're not the guy having a breakdown here. Just just chill out. <laughs> and he, well, he chilled out to an extent. I mean, he got, the, he got a bogey out of that one, which is not the end of the world. Then he comes to the 15th green gives himself an outside shot at a birdie, puts a long old put, he nails it, gives it the big, come on. That got him back into a share of the lead. He still found a way to smack a bunker shot a mile long on 16th. Then another approach shot came clanging off the grandstand on the 18th. But when I'm saying it like this, it sounds like he was a complete mess. But all his other shots in the closing stages, besides those ones, Mm. were really very good indeed. And he recovered well enough. Yeah, and he was playing with a guy who, to be fair, didn't hit a good shot all day, basically. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, yeah. there were like brief fl- flashes of the world's number one golfer, but my God, like every time the pressure came on Scotty Scheffler uh, last, yesterday, just nothing happened for him. I mean, this is a guy that's won the Masters. He has won uh, f- is it like four tournaments in total this year. The guy's doing just fine. Uh, he's already shown that he has the temperament for these occasions, but he did not have what it took yesterday. He was not playing the sort of golf that was going to beat... Uh, 
uh, Rory McIlroy uh, down the stretch. And for all that he was level and then maybe a shot back and then level again and then finally took the lead on the 70th hole for the first time uh, in the entire tournament. I mean, he was still the one playing all of the golf. Uh, so I was I was still pretty com- I was pretty confident from like the ninth or tenth on that Rory was going to get it done. To be fair, I mean the the Sky Sports commentators were saying if you get it to three back, uh, but at the turn after the ninth hole, he'd be doing well. We'd have a ball game. Uh, as it was, he walked off the seventh green level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> level, not just not just having have the deficit. He walked off the the seventh green level. So yeah, but it took a long time from then on to actually press it home. I I, I wasn't as confident as you, Murph. But I think I think I came into the round a little bit later. You were watching from earlier on and saw mm. all the dynamite early on. I kind I kind of got there after much of that had happened, and then I'm watching it going. Is Rory is Rory tensing up here a little bit? He seemed he, to be. Are you? Am I bottling this? Are you are you bottling this, Rory? Somebody bottling this, but then at the end he gives himself a nice six inch put to win eleven point five. Well, to win eighteen million dollars, the difference between uh, winning and coming second was eleven and a half million dollars. So good thing that put wasn't more of the four to five foot variety, mm. or we would have had a bit of thinking to do that. What well, was interesting? A few things are interesting about this, right? Firstly, how the fans were totally uh, uh, cheering for oh McElroy. Ken, he's up against an American golfer in Atlanta, Georgia. And Scotty couldn't buy a fan. It was actually oh, hilarious. Oh, is this guy? Is this guy like some kind of a yellow-bellied Yankee? Or uh... no, he's from Texas. Oh, <laughs> he's got like this uh, real gentleman from Texas. Really, uh, like, doesn't seem like to have any errors or graces. Seems like a genuinely very nice fella. Uh, not a Corey Pavin type. Uh, uh, a solid skin. A decent citizen of the great state of Texas looks a bit as many have said before looks a bit like Michael Murphy the Donegal GA like player Murphy, I mean not, not quite the same on. build but the, the facial the yeah. shape of the face mm. is quite similar to that but he, there is not much charisma at Murph now let's be fair he might be a nice guy but yeah, doesn't necessarily do no, a charisma there's not a lot of charisma but like you'd still think that the the odd one of your countrymen would decide <laughs> that you, you were worthy of their support but I, I thought I, you said this was happening in where which state it's Atlanta Georgia well, that's not that's not Texas. Yeah, but it's you refer to him as a countryman. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, is is Georgia seceding or is Texas seceding? Mm. I don't know which one of which one of the states is more likely uh, to secede at this juncture. I don't know how they feel about the whole federal system. <laughs> well, whatever. Well, whatever they were doing, uh, whatever uh, they were thinking. Uh, about poor Scotty, they decided that they, he wasn't worthy of their support because R- Rory was getting roared everywhere. I wonder was part of it is part of it down to his new status as the guardian of golf. Versus of course, it the is evil forces. I think it might be as well. I, assume, let's, let's I, I would assume so. Yeah. Let's hear McElroy. So he walks away with his eighteen million dollars. Let's hear him speaking to NBC's Mike Tirico afterwards when he had he had the bigger picture on his mind. Given everything that's happened this year and the role you've taken front and center with the changing landscape in the sport. How satisfying is it for you to stand here at the end of the season and win this year's FedEx Cup? It, it, means, a, it means an awful lot. Um, I believe in the game of golf. I believe in this tour in particular. I believe on the players and you know I believe in the players on this tour. Um, it's the greatest place in the world to play golf, bar none. And I've played all over the world. And, uh, you know, this is an incredibly proud moment for me, but it should also be a, an incredibly proud moment for the PGA Tour. They've, um, 
you know, they've, they've had some hard times this year, but we're getting through it. And, um, you know, that was a spectacle out there today. You know, two of the, the best players in the world going head to head for, um, you know, the biggest prize on the PGA Tour. And, um, you know, I hope everyone at home enjoyed that. Congratulations. Thanks, Mike. FedEx Cup champ, winner of the Tour Championship 2022. I believe in this tour. It's the greatest mm. place in the world to play yeah. golf. I believe in coyotes and time as an abstract. Mm. I mean, sure, that may well be the case, but this is Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it's uh, pretty much a 50-50 state. Uh, it's, a sw- it's a swing state now. Uh, so you can, be sh- you can be reasonably certain. Actually, wait a minute. This is a golf crowd. Let's say 70% of them are Republicans. Uh, Trump has decided he's a massive live golf fan. I mean, I, I, something doesn't quite add up in your thinking here. Well, Ken. not all Republicans support Trump, Murph. That's another point worth uh, referencing. Most of them do, to be fair. Oh, come on. I think he's a bit on. of a he's, a... he's at least a cult figure. <laughs> Within the Republican <laughs> movement. Yeah, Republican yeah, party yeah. there, yeah. But, but I mean, maybe... I mean, notwithstanding what I was saying about the, you know, skepticism towards the federal structures, obviously, you know, this still sadly United States the PGA Tour is still America against um, you know this sort of uh, mm, foreign a foreign challenger. invader yes mm. yes I, I hear you Ken I hear you yeah the uh, do you know what All right, I think McElroy's new status is very interesting like, that he's this has become a big part of his story now mm. that he is the one along with Tiger Woods but you don't see Tiger Woods week to week he's barely going to play any golf anymore and McElroy's found this new lease of form uh, around the time that he's also become the figurehead for the fight back against Liv I think it's really really interesting but also I have to say he I seems mean, energised by that by the, he the seems energised by it yeah, yeah he really yeah. does yeah I do think yeah no it's 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 nice in a certain way but I th- I was a bit uncomfortable watching some of this last night I gotta be honest right <laughs> when you're watching a major title it's about the major title and after they've put on the green jacket or they've walked away with the claret jug, the commentator, 10 minutes later, says, well, you know, they'll walk away with a cool check for $2 million. And you're like, you're like mm. wow, that's that's a lot of money. Whereas this time, in the FedEx Cup, money is the only thing. It's it's That's all. As soon as I turned it on, I was, it was being greeted, but that's what they're playing for. A prize of hush tones, $18 million. So, you know, you have this fetishizing of money at the PGA Tour, especially around this particular event, in a context of this sporting world where the pursuit of money has become such a driving force that it allows the Saudis to swoop in and become this massive force by ponying up a load of cash. So mm. what I'm saying is, on the one hand, it's obscene the amount of money Live Golf is throwing at these golfers to tempt them away. But on the other hand, hey, Rory, here's a six-inch putt for $18 million. Best of luck. Yeah. Like, do you not think, is there something a bit oh, it, off it, about it all this? It was a little, yeah, it was a little off when you consider that the kind of the, the big argument against Live Golf was you're turning your back on, you know, uh, old Tom Morris and 170 years of organized golf or 250 years of the RNA or 400 years of the RNA or whatever the hell the, however, however the hell long the Royal NA has been going on, uh, the Royal Ancient has been uh, in existence. Mm-hmm. So for you to start talking like that about the FedEx Cup, all 15 years of history of the FedEx Cup, um, then it obviously it does it doesn't ring true in ha- in anything like as uh, meaningful a way as the green uh, the the Masters and the green jacket and the claret jug and all that old nonsense. Uh, now on the or, other- or, or or they're trying to be on the right side of history with regards to sports washing and so on, which I thought was a part of this whole thing early on, but seems to have left the golf debate entirely, and it's all just come down mm. to money. But go on, sorry. Yeah. Now, 
the only distinction that you can make between Live Golf's many, many millions and the many, many millions of the FedEx Cup is that the FedEx Cup is a meritocracy that the top 120 players uh, on the US Tour get qualify for the first round of the FedEx and then it gets cut to 70 or whatever and then it gets cut to the to the top 30. And if Shane Lowry had been a little better last week, then he'd have been in the tournament this week. As it was, he finished 31st uh, and it was only the top 30 that qualified for the FedEx Cup, the final event of the FedEx Cup. That was a meritocracy and you get... you. You know, you, you, you play good golf, you win a ton of money. The live golf scenario is, are you cool with, you know, uh, uh, Khashoggi and uh, human rights abuses and uh, homosexuality is illegal? If you are, and we've asked you, then welcome aboard. So, Which I mean, mean, well, 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 they haven't asked. I mean, if, I mean, if, if no, if Live Golf have asked you to join their tour, then oh, that's we've asked fine. you to join I mean, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've, you know, they've turned down plenty of players, uh, uh, who, who apparently who want to join the join the jamboree? So for whatever reason, whatever calculation they make, they're more than happy to throw money at uh, at certain players and bar entry for other players. So it's not a meritocracy. It's if you've been invited, you get the golden ticket. Here's a ton of cash, and if not, then tough luck. Uh, so that's the argument. I mean, as I was watching it last night, I was thinking the exact same thing that you were. You know, there is an element of hypocrisy here when the FedEx Cup was uh, the original idea behind it was kind of similar to what Phil Mickelson was talking about over the course of the last five or six years, which is that uh, it's Phil and it's Tiger, obviously more so than anyone else, who has driven up the prize money. Uh, that means that the best players get a ton of money, but it also that's lifted all boats. So the journeyman PGA Tour player, through no hard work of his own, is getting way more money in 2015 than he was in 1995. And that's not because he's any better. It's because Tiger Woods and, to a lesser extent, Phil Mickelson and these people have driven the interest in the product. Uh, and therefore, they've done nothing for it. We're doing all the hard work. Why should they get all the... Why, why should they get uh, a corresponding increase in their income? So the FedEx Cup was brought in basically to reward all the the best players and give them a ton of money at the end of their season uh as a kind of thank you for building up the PGA tour to the financial behemoth that it that it that it now is so the the FedEx Cup looked at through that prism is basically the first attempt of the PGA tour's lackluster efforts to stave off uh something like live golf so, you know, it, it, its position in this argument is a little bit more complicated than the PGA Tour good live golf bad. And look, yeah, I mean, they, it, it's just the way sport is now. We've seen they are losing loads of golfers because they can be paid so much money and they're fighting back through this Tiger and Rory new thing that they're trying to start the stadium leagues, mm. bigger prize money, all these sorts of things. And that's what it all comes down to. So I don't, you know, I don't want to be too naive about this either. Like it does come down to money, but it just feels a little grim that there's this almost triumphalism about last night because look at all this money we can still give away the PGA mm. Tour still has stupid amounts of cash the PGA can still put another 18 million euro dollars in Rory McIlroy's yeah. bank account there was a, there was a line at one again, point I, I, again yeah. though I would say the argument is that they're running a business you know where there's uh, money comes in, money goes out. Well, we'll there, see. There's, there's we'll some, see. Yeah, but we'll see. At least the, I wonder the if they're going to get stretched. Are they going to get, you know, are they going to overreach here at some stage? I don't know. But, uh, you know, like, where, why, where is all this extra money coming from and why wasn't it already there is another 
question that mm. I guess I guess the accountants of the PJ Tour probably have worked out there was just there was a line it was one line yesterday to be honest at one stage the commentator when he's about to put for the championship says Rory has two putts to take the pot of gold at the end of the FedEx rainbow and my heart died a little halfway through the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm like, I know, I, I want them to win this, and I am quite excited by this golf. Like, I thought it was, it was very exciting last night, but there were just bits. It's just when I heard that, I was like, oh Jesus! I just felt I had to raise that point on the podcast today, Murph. I, I couldn't yes. have forgiven myself if I no, didn't I'm, I'm, react. I'm basically, yeah, I'm basically with you 100. percent But I, but I, yeah, no, I see where we're going here. And Go it ahead. was, you know, it was just one of those Sunday evenings. On you know how it goes. Some Sunday evenings, it's just not feasible in your life to sit down and watch five or six hours of golf for whatever reason yesterday was one of those evenings when I could and I was damn glad of it because it was unbelievable entertainment is there anything better than watching you know a by any metric extremely talented sports person just completely implode (laughs) there's really nothing more entertaining to watch than that Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a beautiful summer's day. The breeze is stupendous. 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 Would this podcast be even more stupendous without ads? Without ads? Ads. If so, then join us for daily commercial-free shows at secondcaptains.com for just five euro a month. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not bumping them up. I'm not Irish. I'm just saying my observations, they are amazing. Stupendous. Monday's Second Captain's Football Podcast is out now and you'll get a couple more of them during the week if you become a World Service member. There's Midweek Premier League Football Tuesday to Thursday. The Irish women are playing the big qualifier against Finland. There's the transfer window closing. There's a huge amount going on in football. So we'll have a couple of more shows for members and we're also going to chat to Michael Checa tomorrow, fresh from leading Argentina to their first ever victory over the All Blacks in New Zealand. Checa's the head coach these days with Argentina and always good value when he's on the podcast. So I'm sure he'll be... He's also had a couple of interesting things to say after that match, which we'll get into with him in tomorrow's pod. A lot going on there for just a five or a month plus VAT. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to pay up to become a member of the World Service on secondcaptains.com. You know, we'd love to have you. I mean, Jesus, like, we'd really roll out the red carpet for you. It would just be a delight if you could. Yeah, so absolutely. So we really appreciate that. A couple of emails arising out of our trip to LEP in West Cork last week. Colin German has come forward as your Paul Galvin lookalike, Ken. And his interpretation matches your own. I said, hi, Ken. Great show. Ken replies, ah, Paul Galvin. (laughs) Anyway, while it did make for quite an odd end to the evening, I appreciated the compliments Ken handed down on Wednesday morning's podcast about my handsome beard like a Greek king. Colin has indeed attached a photograph of himself in a Paul Galvin pose with some Paul Galvin gear on him. This is just two pictures of Paul Galvin. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, You're looking at the same person. Yeah. I mean, no, it's just a beard, really, isn't it? And again, he's wearing the exact... He's wearing a bomber-type ja- jacket that Galvin's wearing in the same photograph. They're both mm-hmm. wearing a, a beanie hat. They both have the beard looking nice Colin and wild. Colin has a second captain's jersey on, though, does he? Yeah. That's a second captain's jersey, isn't it? I Looks think like it, it yeah. Yeah, and yeah. up-to-date one, a very recent one. I'd say mm. Colin's beard is slightly more... Slightly more kempt, less unkempt. Yeah. Than yes. Galvin's in more the photo kempt. I'm looking at here. But uh, yeah. yeah, Ken, you had a few points then. Yeah, I'll, I'll, for, I'll just about forgive you, but only because I don't want to make you feel bad. The second email comes in from Owen Keane about Finbar Delaney. Just listen to the podcast below and Lep, and I heard you, you mentioned you had a chat with Finbar Delaney, Damon Delaney's dad. Did you know Finbar holds the niche record for having the highest points to championship games ratio in the history of Cork hurling? He made his Cork, Cork debut in Whoa. 1989. Yeah. Sorry, Ken, you sound shocked. Oh, I mean, I was, I was, that was a noise of being impressed. Yeah, no, it's good. You didn't he, know that you were in the, the presence of hurling royalty uh, last week. No, yeah. He was drafted in in 1989, weeks before, uh, weeks after taking Cork corner back Dennis Mulcahy for 2-7 in a club game. That's one way to get picked for the county, isn't it? Mm. Just absolutely yeah. rinse one of the defenders for the <laughs> county team. He was 32 at the time. Okay, so he, and he played for Black Rock for a long time, won a lot of titles with them. Eventually gets his call up after destroying poor old Dennis Mulcahy there uh, in a club match. He proceeded to score eight points in a draw against Waterford and then won 11 in the replay. Cork lost and Delaney never hurled for Cork again. He also holds the distinction of being the winning captain for Blackrock and the first ever Fela in 1971. I doubt very much that he would have mentioned either feat. I interviewed him a couple of years back. A gent of a man, all the best, his own, who links to his article, which has a lot of those facts in there. Also, Murphy has the fact that... Uh, Cannon, the person who came in as manager after 89 was the Cannon O'Brien who had been mm. his club level at Black Rock so you would have thought that would buy him another couple of years in the Cork jersey but uh, alas the Cannon O'Brien yeah. yes we're talking, this is two ends this is a priest not, no no this is, this is a priest do you say Cannon, the Cannon Michael or Cannon no O'Brien? you just say Cannon Michael oh okay, so, so actually a, a priest not not a guy who would have mighty shot on him if he could last well <laughs> no. no well maybe he did have maybe maybe Cannon uh, O'Brien did have a mighty yeah. shot but the Cannon Ecclesiastical one two ends not three ends Two two ends, yeah, yeah. You're you're right, of course. Two hell ends. of a uh, hell of a little stat there, though, Murph, isn't it? So thank yeah. you to Owen for that. I mean, I would, I would be inclined to say I scored one nineteen in our two games last year. Surely I'm worth a try in the league the following year. This maybe? is what I'm saying. I mean, but at no. thirty two, it took me long enough to get in. I proved that I should have been playing inter county for the last ten years, and I don't get another season out of it. But then again, you know, he mightn't still hold that record if. That was the case. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it, it is pretty hard to keep up an 11 points per game uh, scoring average. I mean, I'm looking at the top 10 uh, uh, Cork players, uh, uh, the ones at the highest points per game uh, ratio. Uh, Finbar is indeed top on 11. This is from Owens, isn't it? Owens uh, yep. uh, uh, column. The, it's a blog called The Bald Taddy Quinn. A quill, if you want to check it out. Um, Patrick Horgan is second with 7.9. Uh, points per game, which is a pretty unbelievable average, uh, to be fair. <laughs> over over uh, the course of time, he's played the game. Yeah, too. Christy Ring played sixty five times for Cork and averaged four point six points per game. Again, pretty strong average. So I would say that Finbar, no matter how good he was, the average is probably going to come down if he played three or four more games. So maybe it's just better just to leave him with the golden summer of nineteen eighty nine, <laughs> uh, which also happened to be one of Cork Hurling's lowest summers. But uh, but Finbar's. Summer was golden, at least if 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 no one else's summer. Thanks, was. Murph. Thank you, Owen. 
Thank you, Ken. Thanks, Thank Ken. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you, all. Thanks for listening to the Second Captain's Podcast, which is, of course, part of the ACAS Creator Network. We'll talk to you, hopefully, during the week. There's so much going on. If not, we'll talk to you next Monday. It's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important.